Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Genesis, if you brought your Bibles, book of Genesis, you'll find it easy. First book in the Bible, Genesis, Genesis chapter 19. If you didn't bring a Bible, share with the person next to you. Ask your neighbor, would you share with me? Would you share with me? Would you let me read with you if they're single? Would you let me read with you? If not, it'll be a little weird. <laughs> we, um, are going to be picking up in the story where God is destroying a city, but he decides that he's going to save a family. He has spared this specific family from this destruction, and that is where we're picking it up. Genesis chapter 19, verse 23, this is what it says. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zoar. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven and he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground next what grew on the ground but Lot's wife behind him she looked back and she became a pillar of salt a lot of us are familiar with that story. We've heard it since we were little kids. Lot's wife, she became a pillar of salt. And we're going to be talking about that today. We've talked about settling. We've talked about stopping. Today, I want us to talk about this topic that I've titled, Stop Looking Back. Stop Looking Back. Why don't you say that with me? Stop Looking Back. Look at one of your neighbors in the eye. Make it really awkward. Tell him, Stop Looking Back. Stop looking back. Stop looking back. We're going to leave this place today having decided to stop looking back. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much, Jesus. We thank you for allowing us to be here today with friends, with family, to worship you, to hear your word. God, we know that your spirit is already here. And that any time that we listen to your word Things need to happen. Things will move. Miracles will begin to take place. God, we understand that anytime we're open to hear your word, Jesus, that you do a work in our hearts. So we just ask that you do that today, Jesus. That you will speak to us. That you will change us. That you will start some healing process in our hearts, Jesus. And that you would help us as we continue moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. I heard the story about this man, and um, in 1519, this, this guy by the name of Hernan Cortez, he was a Spanish conquistador, and he set out to conquer a land. He ended up arriving in the coast of Mexico, and he had in his mind that he was going to conquer this land. He, he, he wanted to conquer this land for, for Spain and more than wanted to, he just had to. Like this was his job. So he got there with his ships, with his army, and he knew one thing. This is not going to be easy. I have a battle ahead. 
And, and, and I know that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult. And so he started to think about a plan, a strategy. And, and the way that he thought it wasn't necessarily a strategy for the battle per se, but what he did shocked his whole army. Because what he did is, is that he gave the order to destroy the ships. Destroy the ships that were the only way they could ever leave that island again. The only safety net they had in case things went wrong. He said, destroy them. Just, just destroy them. He knew that if he destroyed the ships, he was going to give his army no way and no other choice but to conquer the land, to have victory. And that was his strategy. He says, if I destroy our exit plan, I can guarantee that we either win or at least we'll go down fighting. And this is a story of how his, this man and his army defeated the Aztec Empire. And as I read this, it made me wonder, what would our lives look like if going back wasn't an option? What would our lives look like if quitting wasn't an option? If going back to an old mentality wasn't an option. If going back to an old relationship wasn't an option. If going back to an old habit, an addiction wasn't an option. How would our lives look like if looking back it just wasn't available? Because we're talking about moving forward and it sounds nice. We, we clap, we say amen, I want to move forward and it sounds amazing. But how many of you know that moving forward can be extremely hard moving forward will often feel like a struggle it'll feel like a battle like you're in this uphill battle you're trying you want to move forward but really it's just so difficult and this is the reason why many times we end up going back because the road it's tough because things can get hard, it can get difficult to move forward. And so we end up going back to that old addiction. We end up going back to that place where we're victims, where we remember our rejection. We remember what that person did to us. We remember how I was hurt. We remember the pain. We remember the abuse. We remember everything we've been through. through and, and, and we just say, I can't do it. I can't do it. Some of us were here and we've convinced ourselves that change is impossible. That moving forward, maybe it's for my neighbor, it's for my friend, it's for my parents. Maybe it's for that guy sitting next to me. Some of us have convinced ourselves that that pain, that, that pain will always be where we live. Some of us have convinced ourselves that we are too broken, too messy, too messed up. We've made way too many mistakes. God surely can't do anything with my life. Or some of us, we're just not ready to put in the work. Can we be real? Some of us were just like, that's it's too much, God. I'm not ready. And, and oftentimes the problem that we face is that we choose the consequences of staying than the reward of advancing. We rather face the consequences of staying in the same place than going through the process that it'll take to advance and get somewhere where you need to go. And so we rather sacrifice your future than go through the process. And some of us here, we're still holding on to that pain. And some of us here remind ourselves every day about what that person did to us in 1985. 
And some of us, that wound that is open in our heart is still fresh and it still hurts. And it's so evident. Some of us were here today and we are still holding on to the words that were spoken over our lives, to what the family member said, to what our parents spoke over our lives, to what my ex-husband, my ex-wife said, to what they did to me. Can we be honest for a second? What are we holding on to today? Are we just looking at our lack, at how difficult it is, of how difficult it could be to really change my life around? Some of us, we're here, we think, surely peace is not for me. Diana, you don't know the nights that I've cried and how I've begged God to help me, but yet I'm still in this place. I want to remind some of us today in this place that God is still for you, that God has called you, that God does have a plan and a purpose for your life, that we're moving forward can be difficult. We have a God that he is walking with you, that he will never tell you to go somewhere where he's not going to meet you, that change is possible for you. I know you've tried, and maybe you haven't gotten to where you want to be, but change is possible. Healing is possible. Transformation is possible. Peace is possible. Strength is possible. That it doesn't matter what you've done in your life and how messed up you think you are. The God is a God of second chances. The God is a God of miracles. The God is a God of new beginnings. The God is a God that is in the business of changing lives. That he sees you and that he hears you. And he's like, we're, we're going to move forward. But you got to convince yourself today that something in your life and in your mind's got to change to set this into motion, to move forward. I really think that some of us need to get out of this victim mentality that we're in. Yes, life was hard. Yes, life, it's painful. But you are more than a conqueror in Christ. That he died so that you would have victory. That he died so that you could be made whole. But we first got to understand that only, only when I stop making my past an option, I could walk freely into my future. Some of us, we want to walk into our future, but really the first thing that we need to do is to burn every road, every path, every ship that leads us back, everything, every, every single phone number, conversation, person, friendship that takes us back, mentality, we need to destroy it. It needs to be gone. It can't be a, 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 an available anymore. Because if it's available, most likely we'll take that opportunity. If we're real today and we read those verses and Lot and his family, they've settled in this city called Sodom. Lot is Abraham's nephew and we heard a few weeks ago that God took Abraham out of Ur. Remember, get out of Ur. Get out of Ur. We won't forget that. Get out of Ur. And they left and they've settled now in different lands. So Abraham went one way. Lot is here now in Sodom. And he's with his family. He's built a life here. This is where he's built his, his family, his marriage, his future. He probably has a five, ten year plan. This is where he settled. And the thing about Sodom is that Sodom wasn't just any city. It was a wicked city. It was an evil city. It wasn't like they were just a little crazy. No, they were evil. The word of God tells us that Sodom, they did things that were detestable in God's eyes. That they went against everything God stood for. 
that they were filled with sexual immorality, that they were given themselves over to evil is the way the Bible describes it, describes it. This is where they lived. And so what God is doing is that God says, I'm going to destroy this city. I'm going to destroy this city, but I'm going to save your family lot. And so he sends angels to take them out the city and he leads them out of the city and and he tells them one thing. He says, the only thing you can't do is look back. Simple instruction. I'm leading you to a new land. I'm taking you to a new place. You just can't look back. And what does Lot's wife do? She looks back. She's running to this new place. And she's like, yes. She looks back. Boom, salt. Now, if you're anything like me and you read this, I was like, God, that's a little extreme. Like she just, she was just curious, just looked back and just gone. (laughs) But what I love about God is that he never does anything without a reason or purpose. And so God turned her into a pillar of salt. Salt is used to preserve things. And he made her into a pillar, which in essence stands as a monument to preserve a story that would now show us what could happen in our lives if we don't obey God and we simply want to go back to where we are. But here's what we got to understand is that looking back, it wasn't just like she got curious and she's like, oh, there's fire back there. That original Hebrew word for looking back, it wasn't just a glance. It meant that she dwelled, she, she lingered, she paid too much attention to it. She didn't just look, we just realized and understand that her eyes were pointing to the place her heart was still in. Her body was out of Sodom, but her heart was still there. A lot of us, we can be in church on Sunday, but our heart isn't here with God. Our heart is elsewhere in our mess, in that situation, in that problem. And the beautiful thing about God is that God is always wanting to rescue. God is always wanting to save, but he can't save or rescue whoever doesn't want to get saved or rescued. So God wanted to lead her out of this place, but she made the decision to look back because probably something about her was sad. Sad that her old life was just gone. Sad that maybe she was going to lose some friendships and some people in her life. That maybe her plans were being changed and her future was going to look a lot different. She was showing more loyalty to what was than to that which God could do in her life. I wonder what's caused some of us to look back in our lives. I wonder if perhaps much like Lot and his wife on the way out, she she had that moment where she could look back and maybe it's our old sin that calls us. Maybe it's that pain that's calling us. Maybe it's that situation that's forced you to stop and look back. I wonder if some of us were holding on to the things and the places that God is is trying to get us out of. God is trying to get some of us out of that relationship. We're like, no, God, I love her too much. I love him too much. You're like, you got to get out of that business right now because it's it's no good for you. And you're like, no, this wasn't my plan. This wasn't my future. This is what I wanted. 
Some of us, God is trying to get us out of some circles and some friendships. And you're like, no, God, I can't picture my life without them. Are we holding on to something that God is trying to move us out of? So I believe that God's desire for our lives is that we would live moving forward, eyes looking forward, not holding on to anything from the past, but to live in freedom. And in order to do so, the first thing that we need to do, and you can write this down, is that we need to understand that the past needs to be destroyed so that our new future can be born. The past needs to be destroyed so that our new future can be born. And destroyed doesn't mean pretend like it never existed. It just means that we stop that situation, that moment, that, that thing, that event in our lives. We stop it from ruling the rest of our lives. There's things in life we can't forget. There's some pain in here that we can't change. There's some situations and some circumstances that we can't go back and change. They're real. They're painful. They shaped who we are. They did something in our hearts. We can't just pretend that they're going to be erased. But what God is inviting us to do is to stop those things from building the rest of our future. It happened. It was terrible. It was painful. But now you and I get to choose something different for our lives. You and I don't have to stay victims. You and I don't have to stay in rejection. We don't have to stay in that pain. We don't have to stay in that situation. We can move forward. But some of us, we just don't believe that God is for us. Some of us were like, yeah, that sounds great, but my life's the same. And maybe it's for my neighbor. And maybe it's for that person that joined Connect Group, but not for me. Some of us, we convinced ourselves that we are unable to move forward. Some of us have convinced ourselves that we are too weak, too under-resourced, too lazy, too far away from God, too messed up. You're sitting here and you're like, Diana, I am a mess, like a hot mess. And you have no idea what I've done. And you have no idea what I do when I go home after church. And you have no idea what I do on those Friday nights where I'm not answering the call of my leader. And you don't know what I'm doing behind my family's back. I don't know, but God knows. And even then, he's still saying, there's a tomorrow for you. There's a hope and a purpose for your life. If only you can be obedient to me. If only you can change the way you're looking. I can do something in your life. And so to move forward, God needs to destroy some things in order to clear the way for us. And I was reading this article and I read about these things called prescribed burns or controlled burning. And I thought that it was very interesting because what they do is that they purposely set up these fires in forests or in parks. And to us, it's like things are burning. It must be bad. It's terrible. You know, it's a fire going on. But they do this with an intention. Because what these fires do is that they begin to burn down the things that are no longer alive. The things that are no longer thriving. What this fire does is that it begins to clear the soil and make room so that new life can grow. Some of us, God is trying to remove some things from our life, burn some things from our lives, but we're still holding on to those things. And the reason why new life hasn't spurred up inside of us is simply because we're covered by this mess that we haven't allowed God to remove. And so this fire is set up 
and, and, and it begins to destroy those things. And I learned that there are some seeds for some plants, for some pine trees that actually cannot germinate unless they're melted first. So there's some form of seed, a plant, a tree that unless it burns first, it, it, it won't achieve its purpose. Some of us, God is leading us and taking us into this process where he's got to burn some things off of us, where he's got to remove some things. And it's up to us to allow him or to say, God, I just can't do this. But God is willing. He is able. He wants to do this. But we often look back before God can remove that which no longer serves us a purpose. She looked back. Are you looking back today? Are you looking back to that situation still? And I can think and imagine that Lot's wife, she felt pain. That when she looked back, something within her died. Maybe a dream died. A hope, an expectation. The hope of a life she imagined. The hope of a life she was building, had been building. Friendships. Memories of what was, memories of things she, she did, she built. It was probably painful. Change will often feel like this. When God begins to change things in our lives, it will be painful sometimes. And it will be uncomfortable. When God begins to just remove some things that are so deeply rooted within us, it's gonna, it's gonna suck a little. It's going to be like, God, wh why are you doing this? I, 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 I didn't want to go through this. God, wh why this person? Why this friendship? Why this, why this situation? It's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be painful, but we need to be more committed to the reward of what expects and what's awaiting on the other side than to stay behind. And it's in those moments when life gets hard that we're tempted to look back. And we're very much like those Israelites that God was taking out of Egypt, out of slavery. And on their way to freedom, they've been slaves for hundreds of years. And they're like, finally, freedom. And the moment they're faced against the giant, the moment they face a difficult situation, they're like, God, why? Why you get us out of here to die? And they start saying, I, I miss the garlic and the onions of Egypt. Who misses garlic and onions? I don't know. They were wishing they were back, but what they forgot was that Egypt wasn't free. Egypt came at a cost. Is that Egypt was safe, but Egypt was slavery. Is that Egypt was safe, but Egypt came with lashes. Some of us have forgotten that our past doesn't come easy, that our past doesn't come for free, that if we choose to go back, there's a price that we're going to pay. And some of us have paid with our families. Some of us have paid with our sanity. Some of us have paid with our peace of mind. Some of us have paid with our future. And God is saying it's time that you wake up and that you don't forfeit your future trying to stay holding on to things in the past. It's time that you wake up and when issues arise, you hold on to me. Don't hold on to the past. We need to focus not on what we're leaving behind, but on who we're leaving with. I know it hurts. I know you don't imagine. I know making that decision, it's tough. I know asking for help, it's hard. I know making that phone call, it's difficult. But remember who's going with you. 
Remember who's leading the way. Remember who strengthens you. Remember who's a peace giver. We need to destroy the past so that a new future can be born. But also we need to know that the sacrifice of obedience is better than the pain of regret. Every choice we make will lead us on a different path. We get to make that choice. Some things in life we couldn't choose. Some things that happened to us we couldn't choose. But we get to choose what we do from now on. I know I couldn't change this on my past, God, but I know that I can change the way I live my future. Some of you, I know that the the past, it it hurts and it's painful. Sometimes you don't even want to acknowledge what happened, but can I tell you something? You can choose the road you want to take moving forward. Lot's wife ended up paying with her life. That was the cost of looking back. What price are you willing to pay to stay in the same place? Because it hurts to let go, but it also hurts to hold on. Letting go will lead us somewhere. Holding on will just leave us in the same place. What price are you willing to pay? Are you willing to risk your life? Are you willing to risk your family? Are you willing to risk your purpose? Are you willing to risk your call? Are you willing to risk the future that God had for you? What price are you willing to pay? Because obedience, it's sacrifice. Obedience, it's hard. Sometimes it could be easier. Sometimes it's real difficult. And if it wasn't difficult, there wouldn't be obedience. We'll just do whatever we want. But there's a specific blessing on obedience and God is calling us to obedience and obedience is saying no to something we want in order to get something we need obedience is saying no to something that will satisfy me now in order to gain something that will serve me later obedience will cost us something but regret will cost us more The regret of almost. I heard somebody say this, that almost, it's one of the saddest words in the world. I almost changed my life. I almost changed my destiny. I almost saved my marriage. I almost fought for my children. I almost got clean. I almost reached that goal. I almost changed my life. The regret of almost. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to an old age and say I I could have done that I I wasted my time I I I could have done so much more and it was hard but I could have the regret of almost I wonder what's the almost in your life and I want you to know that regardless of what the past may have looked like God is a God of new beginnings God is a God that turns the page God is a God is a God that says hey I know you haven't gotten it all right up until this point but there is still time there is still time for you there is still time to move forward there is still time to pursue there is still time to achieve there is still time to, to dream to go after me obedience is an act of trust where I choose God over my feelings I choose God over my feelings. This is what I want to do, but God tells me that's not what's beneficial for me. I know it feels good right now, but you're going to regret it later. Obedience 
It's an act of worship. And the Bible is full of stories about people that made that choice. We hear about the rich young ruler who asked Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, well, sell your possessions, give them to the poor. You'll have riches in heaven. The Bible says that he turned around and he left sad because his possessions were many. He couldn't let go of something earthly, natural in order to achieve eternal life. And looking back, we think, oh, he's so dumb. My God, I would have been like, yes, Jesus, I'm selling everything, but we're just like that. We're willing to forfeit our future for a momentarily joy, for a momentary moment, for just something I want to do right now. We see the story of Elisha that God calls him and Elisha immediately burns his livelihood. He burns all his animals. And he's doing this because he says, if I'm going to follow you, God, I got to make sure that when it gets tempting and that when it gets tough, there's nothing to go back to. I'm going to make sure that I destroy every road that leads me back. Because even if I want to go back, I just can't because there's nothing left. Some of us need to get that attitude. I'm going to destroy everything. I'm going to block that number. I'm going to completely get out of that circle because when it gets tough, I don't want options to go back. No, I look like a fool building a boat and it wasn't even raining but he obeyed the word of God he obeyed the word of God even when it didn't make sense he obeyed the word of God even when it meant looking like a fool he obeyed the word of God he stood and obeyed a promise there's a promise over your life the promise of a hope and a future the promise of eternity by his side hold on to the promise the one that says I will be with you I will not leave you nor forsake you hold on to the promise when life gets tough to obey and pursue God wants to challenge some of us to take that next step what's my next step of obedience some of us, that next step is to say yes to Jesus. Some of us, we're not even in our relationship with Jesus. We've heard about him, but later, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. But for some of us, God is telling us, I just don't care if you just show up to church every Sunday if your heart is far from me Monday through Saturday. You look crazy in your hand, but some questionable choices you're making during the week. And I know you brought your Bible to church on Sunday because it matters, but what are you doing the rest of the week? Saying it's time you obey me. Obedience is sacrifice. Do the things you don't want to do to get the thing that you need. God is challenging some of us to say, what is the next step for you to be obedient? What thing do you need to do? What people do you need to leave behind? What circumstance, what situation, what phone call do you need to make? Some of us, we may have a saved soul, but a wasted life. We may have a saved soul, but a wasted life. It is possible that we'll be in heaven together. But when God asks you, what did you do with, with what I gave you? With the time I gave you? With the resources I gave you? We're going to be like, nothing. I don't want to get to the end with regret. Of almost, I almost fulfilled my purpose I almost did what God asked me to do I oh let's not waste our lives when God is saying you you got what it takes I know you don't believe it but you can do it because he strengthens you he helps you he gives you the courage he gives you the strength 
And number three, we need to trust an unknown future to a known God. God will never take you to a place where he's not. He will never lead you somewhere where he will not meet you, where he won't walk with you, where he won't help you. And life, it has unexpected turns. We could imagine and plan all we want, but life throws some difficult things at us. Some of us are standing right here, right now, facing situations we never thought were going to happen to us. We never even imagined. And it breaks this idea of control we have because the only one that has control is Jesus. And it is in those moments where we feel like life is out of control that we need to fix our eye on what matters. Because the direction of my eyes, where I fix my eyes, will determine the level of my hope. So some of us, we've just looked at our mess and my eyes are fixed on my health situation and my eyes are fixed on what this person did to me and my eyes are fixed on what this person said to me. So my level of hope will be none. I will forever believe that it's not enough. I'm never enough. I could never attain. I could never reach. But when my eyes are fixed on Jesus, then my level of hope will begin to change. Because when my eyes are fixed on Jesus, I will begin to believe that which he said. I will begin to believe his word is true and is real and it's for me. I will begin to believe that his word, they're not just words that somebody said years ago, but they're alive and active still today. I will begin to believe that what he says, that he has a hope and a future for my life, that it is a reality. That I don't have to live in misery, that I don't have to live as a victim anymore. That yes, I can't change my past, but I sure can change my future because it is God's desire because God is for you that I can hold on to every promise that says that he who watches over you he will not slumber that he will not let your foot slip but I gotta remember what the word of God tells me to not lean on my own understanding but to trust him and when I trust him he will make my path straight what are your eyes on today? Can we get up on our feet before we leave? We're about to close. But God doesn't want you to come to church to hear another message. He wants you to come to church to take a step. We sit down, we, we learn, but we got to grow. So now we're just wasting our time. And God says, you, you, you got no more time to waste. You got some things to do. You got a family to build up. You got a future to step into. You got a purpose to step into. But what are you gonna do? What are you gonna leave behind today? Some of us, we've been in denial. We've been in denial that there's something in our lives that needs to change. I don't wanna step on no toes today, but some of us, it's like we've been going down the highway and we've been going against traffic and we've been blaming everyone else but ourselves and we're like oh, she's like, you got it wrong no it's everybody but me and today God is saying it's time that you face the reality of your life because only when you get to acknowledge your situation it is only then when I can help you change it help you transform help you build it it's okay if you're a mess we're all a little messy we're all a little messed up. We're all a little crazy. We all have our issues. But what are you doing today to move forward? What are you leaving behind? Can we close our eyes for a moment? I know there might be some people here today that you have been trying 
to let go of something, someone, a memory, a situation, and you've wished with your whole heart that it didn't exist, that it wasn't there, but it is there. But I believe that today, you can make that decision to fix your eye from that situation onto Jesus. That you can fix your eyes today on the one that is for you. On the one that has promised a hope and a future. So I'm just gonna pray for you in a moment, but if that's you, if there's a next step you need to take, why don't you with every eye closed, just, you can just raise your hands to heaven as a, as a sign of surrender. Say, Jesus, I surrender this situation. Jesus, I surrender this offense. Jesus, I surrender that memory. God, I surrender that person. I surrender this, this thing that is holding me back to you. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you are the God of new beginnings. Today, as we stand here, Jesus, in your presence, we want nothing more, God, but to leave behind the things that no longer serve us a purpose. God, today we open up our hearts to you, Jesus. You know our struggles, you know our, our thoughts, you know our mess, you know our desires. You know everything about our lives, God. And today we just say, God, we're all yours. God, we want to obey you. We're making a decision today to not turn back. We make a decision today. Do not allow the things of the past to dictate and determine our future, Jesus. We choose you today. We choose obedience today. We choose to trust you today, Jesus. We want nothing less than you and what you have for us, God. So we pray for freedom today. We pray that chains will be broken, God. We pray that additions will be broken. We pray that as we leave this place, people will leave their past here behind. That as we leave this place and people get home, they're gonna throw out pills, they're gonna throw out alcohols, they're gonna delete numbers, they're gonna delete websites, they're gonna stop talking to some people. Because we will not give up our future for momentary pleasures. We will not give up our future because the road is difficult. God, you are for us, Jesus. So go before us, help us, strengthen us, God. Give us everything that we need to keep moving forward. God, we love you, we thank you. With every eye still closed and every head bowed, I wanna give an opportunity to whoever is here in this place and you do not know God. You've heard about God, your parents may have talk, talked to you about Jesus. Maybe you've heard a family member talk about God you don't know him personally I want to let you know that there is no coincidence there's no chance God wanted you to hear this word God wanted you to be here today because he loves you and he is for you some of us you've been desperate for change you've been trying on your own but you haven't been able to do it and God is saying I am the only one that can help you I am the only one that can sustain you you and I we are sinners we're all sinners it doesn't matter if I'm standing on this platform and you're on your seat right now. You and I were both sinners. And because we are sinners, is the reason why God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to take up our place on the cross. You and I couldn't pay for the price of sin. So Jesus paid that price. He died on a cross so that you and I could have eternal life. He died on a cross so that you and I could have hope. He died on a cross so that you and I could experience a future and a hope. So with every eye closed, when I count to three, if that's you, if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to say yes to Jesus, if you're here and you say, I can't do this on my own anymore, if you're here and you're in desperate need of change, I just want you to raise your hand. I just want to acknowledge you. Nobody's looking around. One, two, three. If 
that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. I see you. If you're watching online, you can raise your hand wherever you are. We're going to say a prayer. It's a repeat after me prayer. And the whole church, we're going to pray together. If you raise your hand, I want you to say this prayer and mean it with your whole heart. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner. And I believe that you're the son of God. That you died for my sins. And that you resurrected. Come into my life. Make me new. I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, if you made that decision today, we want to congratulate you on the best decision of your life. Life isn't automatically perfect, but you're no longer walking alone. But you're no longer walking without answers and without hope. You have a family here and you have a God that is for you. We actually have a gift for you. Thank you. We have a free Bible that we want you to pick up on your way out before you eat a hot dog and get some cotton candy. Pick up this Bible because this is going to help you understand more about God, more about your future, answer some questions. And we also have a free gift for you. And who doesn't love a free gift? Go by, talk to one of us outside. again for the rest of us i hope this helped you i hope this challenged you more than anything to believe that there's more for your life and that we don't have to stay in the same place amen we're gonna leave out of this place worshiping why don't we raise our hands god we thank you so much jesus for your goodness we thank you that you are faithful we thank you that we can always